welcome along to episode 2 of Dex of the Next Slice, coming to you from me, Susan, in Scotland as before. Still terrified, but still doing it anyway. Let's see what happens in this episode. So last episode I got my millionaires mixed up and we have two millionaires in the little town of Iron Lake. At the moment we have Ed Olson, who lent um, Sheriff Bishop um, his helicopter. And he is played by the actor who played the Yellow Dye Demon from Supernatural, for those who like that show. And we also have Kurt, who's played by the actor who played the Cargan in the Highlander film, if anyone remembers that far back. And he's Matt's dad. And he's the one that's trying to organise the search party and keep him going in this episode. So apologies, but I mixed up my white billionaires. Sorry. We start the episode with Dexter and Harrison facing off across his dining room table. Now, it's totally cringe and awkward and tense and you can really feel it so well done for the actors by achieving that with not even speaking to each other um we see that um harrison has got a little bit of attitude really quickly and they try and have a chat about where he's been where dexter's been and the dialogue kind of circulates around that and he says things like i think i'm with an explanation and dexter's inner monologue is like your father's a monster so it's quite funny and also quite tense during this scene, we find out a little bit about where Harrison's been, what's happened to Hannah, who apparently died from cancer, who was his stepmom, if you remember, in very dodgy circumstances that Dexter gave um, Harrison to her, but hey-ho, that's another story. And that he was in living in Argentina for a long time, and um, once Hannah had died, that he bounced around a bit and decided to come and try and find Dexter, because he found the letter that Dexter had left for Hannah to explain that if Har- Harrison had ever shown any dark tendencies to get in touch with him. So Harrison's not stupid and he figures out from this letter that Dexter's not actually dead. Harrison keeps going with the sarcasm and the attitude, which I guess is to be expected. And we find out that he found Dexter through a picture from Instagram, of all places, from his bowling team. His social, his social skills being practised and he's part of the community and it's now backfired on him and Harrison managed to find him. So Dexter remembers to finally offer Harrison some food and feeds him and he's offered him the couch to sleep on as well. And this is the first time we have a cue from Deborah in this episode who's turning in quickly into Dexter's inner struggle, inner monologue, arguing with himself and this seems quite tense. He imagines her at the window tapping a bullet against the window and then suddenly she has a knife to his neck and I mean, her dialogue is angry and she calls him a sick fuck and a psycho. So this is Dexter basically having an argument internally with himself, wondering whether he can help Harrison, if he should send him away, if he's going to end up like him, if he's going to fuck him up, basically is the attitude and the, the language that they use in the episode. So his inner dialogue settles on, I'm not going to fuck him up. And at that, Deborah goes away. While Harrison's getting settled in, Dexter's pacing around the cabin a little bit. We see he's got a calendar that's been marking the days off one at a time. I mean... Is that biding his time between kills? Is it just torture for him to be in this little town, not doing what his inner passenger wants him to do? We don't really know, but we see how much is going around, basically going around in his head by his actions and his behaviour at this point. He just doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't know whether to send Harrison away still or to keep him, like I said before. He maybe thinks keeping Harrison is going to stop him from killing and Deborah's kind of inner monologue, she kind of mentions this as well, which means Dexter's thinking about it, of course. Dexter escapes outside just for some fresh air, I think, to get away from Harrison a little bit. And, oh shit, here comes about 10 cop cars. I mean, isn't that a lot of cop cars for a little tiny town? I mean, I know someone's missing and it's quite and it's serious, but I don't think they had that many cops in that town. Anyway, so just as he spots that he's left some blood from killing Matt last episode, we see about five cop cars come around the, around the corner. So, oh shit. Turns out that Sheriff Bishop has decided to impose on Dexter and set up base camp to find the missing person, Matt. 
Um, he's not very happy with that, obviously, but has to keep up the front and keep up the pretense. So he's like, welcome, can I feed you? Set up by the fire pit. And he's really friendly, which is really strange still coming from Dexter. Um, so yeah, he's in a pickle. Chef Bishop decides to go inside Dexter's cavern to sit up. And just like that, Dexter realises, oh, Harrison. And Harrison, at that point, makes a perfect appearance, perfect timing. Out he comes from the cabin and quickly covers and says, I'm Jim's son. Not Dexter's son, Jim's son. So and a little bit of insight into Harrison's mind. Does it work like Dexter's? Does it not? We don't know yet. And the police search gets started. The reason Harrison says that he covered for Dexter was he doesn't want a cop all up in his business as well. The plot thickens. Dexter watches as the cops get organised for the search party and watches one of them crash a drone. And he's in a monologue set as well. I'm not in much danger. These guys are useless, basically. <laughs> so he's kind of laughing at them. And at the same time, he realises he has to cover his tracks. He remembers quickly that the blood is still there. So he offers to take his RTV out into the woods, which is a little bit weird. And Sheriff Bishop's a little bit suspicious of it. But she says, fine, no problem. And he goes out with Harrison and they're swerving left and right and driving crazy. Um, he gets to do it to cover the blood, um, to kind of churn up the snow. Harrison's like, are you sure you're okay? And he says that he's just avoiding rocks and things like that. So we get to where the buck's been shot and killed. Funnily enough, Dexter knows where it is. And um, he says it's a crime scene and sends basically sends Harrison away to get the police. His reason for doing that is so that he can then start to alter the crime scene so that he can't find any evidence against him. He plants Matt's glove close to the highway. He covers over the blood that was on stone. And all the time, Deborah is there laughing and shouting and cursing at him in the woods so you can see how much tension he's holding and what's going on in his head at this point. He's absolutely shitting himself. An interesting point during the drive that Harrison and Dexter have in the RTV is that Dexter has only been in Iron Lake for three years. So it's been 10 years since he left Harrison. He's been in Iron Lake for three years. So we don't know what Dexter did for those seven years. We know he didn't kill anyone. But where's he been? We don't know. Well, the police search is going on and everything's going on with that. That's the main story. We have a B, a B story here where we have a girl who's in a motel of some sort. I think she's the girl from the bar in the last episode. I'm not quite sure. She looks like her. And she is drinking champagne and eating strawberries. And it looks like she's just staying there. Um, we see we cut back to her later on in the episode um, to see that she's been sick because she's ate all the strawberries and drank all the champagne. And I think she still hasn't twigged that, in fact, she's actually locked in. At this point, it doesn't look like she's locked in, but she does pass out. And when she wakes up, she doesn't have her phone and she can't open the door. She never tried before, but she's basically been moved to a different room at this point. And we see in the corner that there's three cameras and that one says, you're already dead. So that's lovely and pleasant, but keeping in with the Dexter theme, I guess. So who's keeping the girls hostage? We do see at one point that there's someone watching them. And if you're not too slow, you will figure out who it is because we have met this person already. So this is the story that's running underneath the main story of Dexter killing Matt and the police search. Back to the main police search story and we see that um, Sheriff Bishop has gone off to a mansion of some sort. We haven't seen this mansion before and this is a mansion where Ed lives, who was the guy that was getting in trouble for the fracking earlier in the last episode. And she's basically went to ask for a loan of his helicopter. Um, we don't really know who he is yet, just that he's a bit annoyed that they always see him as a rich person who does like bad things for the environment, but he actually donates a lot to the the local town and he says that he's helped out with the reservation a lot and given them medical supplies. We also find during the police search that the white buck was killed on reservation land, Seneca land, and this is against the law, basically, and Matt would be in serious trouble if he was caught for doing it. And we find that there's a divide in the town between the native people and the the other people, and that Angela kind of, stri- kind of straddles the line between the two. She is obviously of mixed heritage, and we find a little bit about a mention of a girl called Iris, 
who went missing years and years ago. And this kind of ties into why Angela has such a beaner bonnet for finding those other missing girls, because it's kind of like when her friend went missing. But we have the divide between it's a native girl went missing, a ah, kid run away, and a rich person's gone missing. Let's get the troops in. So there's a clear divide between rich here and rich and other here. We, it's not hidden, hidden, and it's not subtle at all. But you know, it makes sense. So the cops analyse the scene and basically come to the same conclusion that Dexter wanted them to. Is that Matt killed the buck and did a runner? Now, Sheriff Bishop's not completely convinced she's a good cop, and Dexter in a monologue says, "Damn, she's a good cop." She's not buying it completely, so she still wants to investigate more. Everyone else seems to be just quite happy to pin it on Matt and say, he did it, ran away, what an asshole. Dexter offers to try and match the bullet that was inside the buck, if it's still there, he says, with the ones that he sold to Matt in the store, which is just his way of continuing his narrative and throwing people off the scent of what actually happened. And um, Sheriff Bishop says, it's your very first crime scene. And Dexter gives a kind of little smile here. And and she says, such a, it's doing such a good job, she could deputise him. Har har, lots of tongue in cheek here. Harrison questions Dexter on why he's not a cop anymore while they're kind of investigating the scene and Dexter blames it on the harsh nature of the crime scenes and he couldn't handle it anymore. Which, if if you believe him, if he's value, it could be true, but how much does Harrison know? Does he know what Dexter really is? Does he know that he's just feeding him lines and is that why he's still pissed off in attitude because he's still not getting the truth out of him? When we get back to Dexter's cabin, we see the teens arriving. The teens from the schools got out and um, Sheriff Bishop says that Harrison's probably trying and trying kind of get introduced to them and try and hang about with them and people his own age. Dexter's not very keen on this idea. Tries to get Harrison to come inside and away from the teenagers. Tebra shows up to say that he's not an awkward fuck like he was and leave him alone and let him be. So again, conflict between Dexter wanting to protect Harrison all of a sudden after 10 years and Harrison being a normal teenager. Is he a normal teenager? We don't know yet. We see more stress in Dexter with Debra and himself sitting inside his truck and Dexter screaming at him that he's a serial killer and basically Dexter loses his shit and screams out loud and the local teenagers see him doing it and basically throw him a peace sign and he's like, yeah, peace. But yeah, we can see how much this is just stressing Dexter right out. We find out here a little bit more about teenage life in Iron Lake and basically Sheriff Bishop's daughter, Audrey, says that it's Iron Lake sucks. Basically, which I guess a lot of teenagers say about wherever they live, so we don't know if it actually sucks yet, but it does seem quite small for a teenager. And they help with the search, which to them is going to a cabin further up into the woods and smoking some weed. Which, you know, when they come back from the woods, would they not be actually stinking of weed? I mean, would their mum, Sheriff Bishop, a police person, not actually be able to smell weed on them? Because they were sitting in a small cabin smoking it. I mean, come on. Just seemed a little bit stupid to me, but hey ho. And um, they take on. Harrison as a friend if you like you know kind of part of the group and they ask him a bit about, about his past and he reveals that his mum died of cancer stepmom died of cancer and his mum was killed so they're just about to ask how his mum was killed when they basically decide this is too much they shouldn't ask him and they offer him some weed and he says no apparently according to him he used to have a drug problem we don't know if this is true or not but that's the story that he's selling at the moment. Dexter and Sheriff Bishop sit down to have a little chat just because of everything that's happened. Because she didn't know Harrison existed, etc. You know, awkward. But they sit on Dexter's couch in his little cabin and basically share a little bit about the fears of being a parent and how Dexter's worried about Harrison. Obviously doesn't tell her the truth or anything, but she reveals that Audrey, her daughter, isn't actually her daughter. So she adopted her, so they both have that kind of thing in common with stepmoms and things like that. So she's cool about it and she kind of... We didn't give him as much shit as she really should have. And um, they decided to go forward, talk about it going forward and kind of share parenting advice. 
just before they have this conversation on the couch, it is quite funny to watch Dexter's expression when he's sitting waiting to see what she's going to say. Basically, the look on his face, he looks like he's going to get slapped or he's going to be sick. So then there's a lot more emotion shown in Dexter these days than used to be. Definitely nothing used to bother him. Now he's worried and anxious about everything that's going on. And obviously he did a sloppy kill, so that's on his mind as well. So yeah, a lot of stress for Dexter here. So back in the cabin, the teenagers are still there hanging out and well, Harrison goes to get some firewood. They basically go through his stuff, like teenagers do little shits do. And he sees them doing this, but he doesn't make a move to stop them. He basically just lets it go at this point. I don't think there's anything to incriminate in that in the backpack or else he probably would have lost his shit. But yeah, it's all part of his cover. So what's his cover? You know, what's his story that he's selling? What's he done? Later on, Dexter is feeding the police that have been out on the hunt. And they've been given, he's been giving them hot drinks and food and, and keeping the fire pit going for them and basically doing a prayer that they're going to leave. And just as he says that and, to, and his dialogue says that, his prayer is answered and the search gets called off. And he says, thank you for buying into my narrative as internally as they start to pack up. Well, the police are packing up and the teenagers come back down from their search. And no weed smell. Apparently they don't smell of weed, so, you know, good for them. They got away with it. And they they basically get caught for being in one of the cabins and then they deny it. But Scott is literally wearing a camp t-shirt that he stole. So, I mean, do better, guys. Dumb. Kurt arrives at this point as well as they're packing up and is a bit annoyed that they're basically packing up and giving up. According to him... Basically, Matt's still in the woods and will freeze to death overnight. So he gives him a, bit, a little bit of guilt trip, a little bit of money guilt, saying, I've paid for this, I've paid for that, can't you help me out? Kind of appeals to the kind of community, which I guess he only does when he has to. But I don't know a lot about him yet, so maybe not, but prove me wrong, rich man. There's a little bit of dialogue here as well between Sheriff Bishop and Audrey, her daughter. Um, We find out that basically Sheriff Bishop's really strict with Audrey because of Iris, because the girls went missing and um, Audrey just is pissed off with this and just doesn't understand why she's been kept captive, if you like, and saying she's not Iris, which is a little bit insensitive, but I guess it's been going on for a long time. And then after this, we see that Dexter and Harrison have been let go, not part of the search anymore. They're back in the cabin and Harrison wants answers. Dexter says that Harrison can ask him anything. Which I guess technically is true. What he answers might not be the truth, but Harrison can ask him anything. So that was quite funny. He's playing words, I guess. And Harrison wants to know about the letter and what he read about get in touch with me if you, if you know about any dark tendencies that you see in Harrison. He's like, what are you talking about? What was wrong with me? And Dexter says basically nothing. Harrison was perfect, but he was scared of himself and his own demons. And that's why he left. And he was worried that he would pass on his demons to him. He says that after Rita died and Deb Deborah died, that he was in a dark place. And that was part of why he gave Harrison away. I do feel hard for Harrison in this scene because Hannah told him that Dexter was dead. And he says that he kept a photo of him beside his bed and he basically cried every night. So he was sad for a long time about losing his dad. Because he, he was five, he knows, he remembers. And after he found a letter, he was just then angry. During this whole part of the episode, Dexter, Dexter, no, Deborah, too many D's in this episode, Deborah makes an appearance just to say that he shouldn't enjoy the win, as in he's got away with Matt's murder, he thinks he does at this point, and that he's still a sick fuck. Go with Deborah. The episode kind of wraps up with Kurt meeting Harrison very quickly outside and saying that he will find his son as he stares into the fire pit, which was where his son is buried at the moment. So he has found his son, technically, he just doesn't know it. Which, again, was dark humour for the episode. 
And um, you see Kurt Hug and Angela as well during this whole sequence. So they obviously know each other or they've had business in the past. And off go the volunteers back into the dark to try and find Matt, who we know, who we, know we won't find. And yeah, RIP Matt, nice and toasty under the fire pit. That was episode two. What did you guys think? Continuation of the main story from last week, really. A little bit more meeting the locals and the storyline continues on. The B-plot of the girls being captured and kept in a cabin. Who's doing it? Why? We don't know yet, but is it linked to the missing girls that Sheriff Bishop's looking for? Or is it a completely new bad guy? And again, if you think about it, you will figure out who the bad guy is. So let's see what happens in the next episode. What's everyone's thoughts on episode two? Is Dexter's perfectly created persona starting to crumble? Is Jim going to disappear? Is Dexter coming back with a vengeance? Is he going to get busted by someone and have to come out for who he really is? We don't know yet, so they're keeping us in suspense. The tension continues. Dexter treading a thin line between what he's done and what who's trying to be, and Harrison thrown into the mix just to fuck him right up. Thank you for listening to episode two of my podcast, which is still terrifying to record, but we did it, we got there. And thank you to my friends who have listened to listened to it so far. I really appreciate your guys taking the time to do it, because I know not everyone's a big fan of Dexter. But yeah, thank you for adding to my lessons, and see you next time. you can catch me on twitter on dexter next slice so dexter next slice like a slice of bread i do have still have my funny accent fully enough because i'm from scotland please check out me out on there follow me and give me some comments good bad what we'd like to me to do more of less of any other shows you want to cover as well and see you all next time thanks again Mm -hmm.